Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller, and people, I am honored to be here with you on Saturday, October 30th, 2010, and we're here together for Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am so thankful to have you as my listening audience. I'm so thankful to be able to pour out uh, one of my dominant gifts for you to help you create a championship standard of living for yourselves. Before we go any further, I turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit so that we all get what we came for, and that is a move of his spirit. People, I have a, a dynamic show planned for you tonight. I'm going to, um, we're, going to, we're going to go to the art gallery. Tonight's show is called The Art Gallery, and I'm bringing on two dynamic guests to discuss their art and their artistry. So, you know, in live radio, I'm in the studio. People want to call in now during the show. <laughs> but stay tuned. We're going to go to a motivational moment, actually an uh, uh, inspirational song, and then we'll be right back. Never conjured up. Man tries to tear it up. I know what it is. I know what it is. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. Books try to explain. Try to portray novelties, dress it up, documentaries, mess it up.
and just allow the motivational stuff that we, we discuss here, that we present here, to, to permeate through your spirit throughout the week. And I'm telling you, it will change the whole course of everything for you because with the news that we have to see and, you know, some of the things that are going on in our families right now and some of the things that are going on in the world, it's always a, a blessing to have something that will break the norm and, and empower you to be everything you've been called to be. So I I encourage each and every one of you, if you're not listening to the podcast after we do the show, go and listen to the podcast. These shows are absolutely phenomenal. Um, they're phenomenal in, in replay. So send, you know, send a, a friend to the, the podcast. When What we're going to start doing, we're going to start um, doing more uh, press releases for the, the previous shows. Because I think we discussed some dynamic topics in the past that are that are still relevant for today. So we're going to start promoting these previous shows as well. So I want you guys to just get as much of this stuff as you possibly can because it's, it's for you. This is a labor of love that I do for you. So <clears throat> without further ado, excuse me, without further ado, I want, to, I want to do this. I enjoy getting comments from you. I enjoy hearing your feedback on the show. I enjoy hearing what it is you think that we could do better. I enjoy everything that, that you possibly had to present about creating a championship standard of living and just the whole brand of, of, of motivation and the talk show that I'm bringing to you. So what I want you to do is I want you to continue to reach out to me, continue to connect to me, continue to let me know how we're doing. You can do that. I'm easy to reach. You can reach me on most of the social networking sites, most of the major social networking sites. You can reach out to me at Facebook, on Facebook, excuse me, at facebook.com slash Miles W. Miller. That's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R. You can reach out to me on MySpace, myspace.com slash Miles W. Miller. You can uh, reach out to me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Miles W. Miller. Also, you can email me. You can email me at mileswmiller at gmail.com. So those are ways that let me know how we're doing. You can also, look, you can even call my office. You can call my office at Area code six seven eight three nine excuse me three eight nine nine five four two. Again, that phone number is six seven eight three eight nine nine five four two. So you can even call my office and, and leave a message. And um I do return phone calls, so feel free to leave me a message if I'm not available and I'll I'll return your phone call. I I love hearing from you. I wanna I wanna be a bigger blessing to you in, in your your daily walk. So Continue to let us know how we're doing. So on that note, I want to take you to, again, another motivational moment because I, I know these things are really uh, inspiring. And when I come back, I'm going to give you this week's divine intervention. Stay tuned. Again, I'm uh, just completely honored to, um, to be before you today. And uh, our lesson today um, is 10 steps to staying true to yourself. 10 steps to, to staying true to yourself. Um, I came up with this topic late last night, actually in the wee hours of this morning. Um, as many of you may have seen my Facebook posting uh, where I posted um, a comment about being true to myself and how I, uh, I actually had to apologize to myself for not being always being true to myself. Um... And I think that it's really important for each and every one of us to understand that we are unique. We are we are not like everybody else. We're not normal. And because we're not normal, we can't expect to do what normal people do and have gratification or happiness or joy doing those things. We have to celebrate that uniqueness that's what's inside us. Uh, a guest we had on uh, a couple weeks ago, Mr. Ronald Wilshire uh, down in Houston, Texas, you know, told us to celebrate our uniqueness. And, and that's one thing I'm going to continuously promote, to celebrate the, the, the identity that God has given you, the, the separateness that God has given you, the, 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 that, which is, that inside of you that will allow you to stand out and not blend in. Because you weren't put here to blend in, you were put here to stand out and lead. So, let me get started with our lesson. Um, ten steps to staying true to yourself. Step number one. And I believe this is the most important step to staying true to yourself. Step number one, keep God's image of you in your heart. Keep God's image of you in your heart. Keep 
God's image of you in your heart. A lot of people battle with low self-esteem, and they battle with um, a bad vision of themselves, and they, they, they struggle to, to really find their way in the world, and they, they get confused and misled and led astray and run amok, things like that. And the one thing that would keep people grounded is that if you knew that the creator of the universe created you in his likeness and image, how could you ever fall for the okie doke when somebody told you that you, you're less than, than, than great, you're less than phenomenal, you're less than the best? If you truly, when you truly know who you are, when you truly know who you are, when you, know, you truly know what you are, nobody can come and tell you anything other than that. Immediately you understand that that's, that's a part. That's not the truth. If somebody tells you something contrary to what the Creator says you are, that's a part. That's not, that is not the truth. So, in understanding that, it is utterly important to stay locked on the image that God says you are. You're creating His likeness and image. You're creating His likeness and image. Not like a dinosaur, not like a donkey, not like a horse, not like a bear, but in His likeness and image. You have been put here for some dynamic stuff. You have been put here to do some things that, that only you can do. Your life is important. Your your existence on this earth, your existence in this universe, in this universe is very important. So you have to stay focused on the fact that you were created to create. You were created to, to repair. You were created to, to do something dynamic. You were created to do something awesome. You were created to do something unique. So you have to celebrate that uniqueness because God saw something in you that when he created you, he created you to solve a set of problems that nobody else can solve. So keep that in your in your heart that you are put here for a special assignment from the Creator. Hello, and we're back. That was another one of our motivational moments from one of our previous times together here on Creating a Championship Standard of Living, and I just, I am so thankful for those moments. Um, I had an announcement. Tomorrow, 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 this time tomorrow, 6 p.m. tomorrow, uh, we're doing another show. We're doing the fourth quarter comeback show. You know my fourth quarter comeback series is in full swing now. We're in the fourth quarter of 2010, and I tell you right now, there's some things on the table that you have to get before the year is over. The year is not over. I've talked to a lot of people, and, a lot, and some, many people are closing the year out. They're already you know, saying 2010 is over. They, they're already looking forward to 2011. But let me tell you something. It's not over yet. Tomorrow's topic, it's not over yet. My special guest coming on tomorrow, uh, Prophetess Tara Carissa, she's going to be talking about uh, the season of, of, of now. We're going to be talking about not giving up on things that you have on the table. So I want you to, to come and be inspired tomorrow. This time tomorrow, 6 p.m. tomorrow, tune in to the Fourth Quarter Comeback Show. Um, you know I'm going to send out a lot of information about it. You're going to know about it. So I'm excited about that. So st- stay fired up, people. Let me tell you, 2010 is not over yet. 2010 is not over yet. Listen to me. 2010 is not over yet. There's still some things on the table that you have to to get your hands on. There's some things from 2009 that you still have to get your hands on. There's some things from 2008 that you still have to get your hands on. And there's time left on the clock, people. The game's not over yet. So don't give up. Don't quit on your dreams. You know my motto. You know my mantra. You know my mantra. You know my motto. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. There's still some dynamic things for you to possess in 2010. There's still some dynamic things for you to possess in 2010. You know I, I love telling you this, that the life of your dreams is wonderful and you deserve it. Not only that, not only that is it wonderful and you deserve it, you can have it. It's possible. My mentor, Les Brown, says it like this. It's possible. It's necessary. The life of your dreams is wonderful and you deserve it. But only that, not only that, it's possible for you to have it. So don't give up on this year. 2010 is far from over. Don't give up on this year. Don't listen to me. Hear my heart. Don't give up on this year. 2010 is not over yet. So we're going to inspire you tomorrow on the fourth quarter comeback show. 
it's not over yet. Tell a friend, it's not over yet. So moving forward, we're gonna I'm gonna give you this week's divine intervention. This week's divine intervention, um, you know, each week I give you a scripture from the Bible. Uh this week's divine intervention uh is near and dear to my heart. Being a creative person, being a, a visionary, being a go getter. I know that the vision the stuff that I get is so deep and it's so far out that it can't be about me. I know it's God. And because I know it's God, I, I always I always put God first. Well, this week's divine intervention, uh, I'm going to read to you t- today from Proverbs uh, three, chapter three, verse nine, and it reads from the King James version: "In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct our direct thy paths." People, what am I saying? What, what what did I just say? We have been put here on assignment to bring some wonderful things to life. Again, the life of your dreams is wonderful, and you deserve it. The life of your dreams is wonderful, absolutely wonderful, and you deserve it. But in order for you to do that, in order for you to bring that, that wonderful thing to life that has been placed inside of you, you have to go back to the source which gave it to you. In all thy ways acknowledge the Lord, and he shall direct your path. If you acknowledge the source of the creation of the creativity that you have it it uh, just single-handedly it removes the 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 extra work that you would have to put forward see some people they 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 only learn by bumping their heads other people learn by getting mentorship see there's two ways to get information uh Dr. Mike Murdoch says it says it best mentors or mistakes but when you can eliminate a lot of mistakes by just simply acknowledging God and allowing him to direct your path. He says, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by me. You have the potential to bring absolutely wonderful things to life. The life of your dreams is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's gorgeous. It's rich. It's abundant. And you deserve it. Continue to acknowledge God and watch him direct your path to the life of your dreams. So, on that note, I'm going to move forward. Uh, I, I want to. We're going to bring on our guest uh, pretty soon. But before we bring on our guest, I want to. I want to share this with you. I, I taught a lesson uh, about a year ago called "Creating Your World," and in "Creating Your World," I gave seven steps to tip to tap into your creative nature. Uh, I'm going to revisit that for just a brief second tonight. I'm going to give you three of those steps tonight. Um, and my goal is this: I want to help you create an art gallery quality life, a championship standard of living. I want to I want you to be able to to showcase yourself, showcase your life. And there's a lot of things out there for you to to, to really be a part of, to really attach yourself to. There's a lot of good things that, that are inside of you that must come to life. And I'm going to give you three out of the seven tips for creating your world, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to skip through them. I'm going to give you step one. Step one is to spend time with God. Spend time with God. Spend time with God. It is utterly important. Again, going back to even our, our divine intervention for this week, it is utterly important that you spend time with the source of that which gives you life. It's utterly important to spend time with that which gives which created everything you see. It's like this. If you spoke French, or if you wanted, you, you didn't know how to speak French and you wanted to speak French, the best way to speak French is to be immersed in that environment. Well, in order to create, you have to be immersed in an environment that is created for what it is you're trying to create. And the, and the way you do that is you connect to the source of that environment. You connect to the source. So, Connecting to God, communing with God, praying, fasting, it's so dynamic. It supercharges you. It puts you in, a, in it locks you in the the direction of your dreams. Because go back to our, our divine invention. If I acknowledge him in all my ways, he'll direct my path. That seems to me, people, like a, a, just a, a phenomenal place to be, or just a, a powerful place to be. So 
by spending time with God, you, you allow things to be revealed to you. You allow mistakes in your plans to be revealed to you. You allow for things to manifest in a more calm manner versus trying to strong arm everything. You can't strong arm everything in your life. Some things you're gonna to have to be tough, you're gonna to have to be physical with it. Some things you, you, you just can't do that. You're just gonna you're gonna to have to manifest them. You're gonna to have to allow them. And spending time with God shows you what to allow, what to man up on, and how to do both. He said, if you acknowledge me in all your ways, I'll direct your path. So step one can always spend time with God. I'm going to give you step four. Step four, actually, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to give you step three. Step three is spend time tuning your imagination. Spend time tuning your imagination. Spend time tuning your imagination. In spending time tuning your imagination, which you know each week, which we won't get a chance to do this week, we'll do it next week. We, you know, most times we we do our visualization segment or, or visualizing your ideal life segment, and and why that's so important, because you have to know what it is you want. Your thoughts are attractive. Your mind is attractive, and you have to consciously put in your mind what it is you want, because. Like I was saying earlier in the show, there's so many things that we're exposed to in the media. There's so many things that we're exposed to in our environments. There's so many things that we're exposed to that have the potential to turn our imaginations against us. So in understanding that, you have to spend time putting in your imagination things you want, things you like, versus things you don't want, versus things you don't like. If you don't like spinach, then don't spend time thinking about spinach. But if you like cauliflower, then spend more time thinking about cauliflower. It's that simple. So by tuning your imagination, you get a firsthand view. You get a firsthand uh, experience. That's what I'm looking for. You get firsthand experience with the things you truly want. I actually, if you look on my Facebook page, I have several vision boards placed up there. Because this is what I'm putting in my imagination. I'm putting inside of my imagination things I want, things that that bring me joy, things that bring me joy to do, things that bring me joy to give, things that bring me joy to have. One thing, again, I'll let you know is that I believe in abundance. Okay, I don't believe that poverty is, is our birthright. I believe that prosperity, I believe that abundance is our birthright as human beings, as children of the Most High God. So if you see me, one day, driving a Rolls Royce Ghost. Don't be alarmed. Don't be surprised. Because I believe that the life of my dreams is beautiful, that the life of my dreams is wonderful, and I deserve it. I believe that there, that there is no shortage in this society, in this world that we live in today. There, there is really no shortage. Shortages and lack is, is self-imposed because our source is abundant. Our source is infinite. And if our source is infinite, and we connect to, and we can connect to our source. That means that we should we should not lack any good thing. So, spending time in your imagination can help you offset anything that would cause you not to be able to live the life of your dreams. Spend time placing things in your environment. Spend time placing things in your mind that you want. Put up pictures that you like. Of things that you like, put things on your on your uh, refrigerator, on your mirror in your bathroom, on your dashboard in the car, things that you like. Because everything you see, it it will enter into your imagination, and what's in your imagination will go into your subconscious mind. What's in your subconscious mind, you're going to manifest, whether you like it or not. So you have to be conscious of what you're putting, what you're allowing your subconscious to be exposed to. And the third thing I'm going to give you from this seven step. Uh, the seven steps of, of tapping into your creative nature. This, the third thing I'm going to give you from this, this list, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you step number six. Actually, I'm going to give you step number seven. I apologize. I, I see things. Uh, when I'm when I'm looking at my notes, sometimes I, I get other ideas. So, And that's another thing about being creative. I, I, I see things so, so drastically and so dynamically that I can see one thing and – I can put a whole other thing together because of just something I just saw. So I'm seeing something else I want to show you. I want to show you, I'll give you step number seven. 
Step number seven is spend time acting on your plans. Spend time acting out your plans. Spend time acting out your plans. You're spending time with God, and you're in your imagination, and you're, you're fine-tuning your imagination. And when you have, when you're in your imagination, you can actually write down the vision and make it plain. When you write down the vision and make it plain, you you can see the plans. So your plans are absolutely important. Uh, scripture tells us that the heart of man devises plan, but God orders his steps. The heart of man devises devises the plan, but God orders his steps. So what hap- what that lets me know is that if I devise a plan and trust it to God, He'll order my steps to it. again. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll direct thy paths. So. Spend time acting out your plans. You, once you've created these dynamic plans, you actually have to, you know, faith without works is dead. You got to put some some elbow grease to it. You gotta you gotta, you know, if if you're going to a personal trainer, like myself now, if you if you've contracted a, a a personal trainer and you never go to any of the uh, the sessions, well, you're wasting money and time. No, you have to actually act out those plans. Whatever it is that you want to bring to life, you have to act on it. So, with that in mind. I want you to take the time this week to act out your plans. I want you to take the time this week to sit down and spend time with God. Just pray, just fast, and just ask God to to reveal to you his plan for your life. And I tell you, you will be utterly thankful for it. But we're moving forward in the show now, and this is a portion of the show where we're, we're going to bring on an absolutely dynamic guest. Um, my first guest is, how shall I say it, She's dynamic is an understatement. To describe her, she is an absolutely phenomenal young lady. I, I top billing. I give her top billing. Um, she's a an author, a playwright. She has. I've seen her work personally, firsthand. Seen her work. Uh, she is, is. Like I said, I'm, I'm running out of adjectives because, in my limited mind, I can't describe just how wonderful this young lady is. She's an actor, a director, a writer. Um, she she writes about identity. She writes about that. You know. A women's rights. She's just an all-around powerhouse. And without further ado, I would like to welcome to the show, to the art gallery, um, the phenomenal, the dynamic Miss Dominique Morisot. Dominique, are you there? Hey, yeah. How you doing, Miles? I'm here. I'm, I'm absolutely phenomenal. I'm honored to have you on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to be on it. I'm honored. <laughs> Dominique, I, I think that people... What you may not know is when we when we go out to get guests for the show, we we go out to find people who are absolutely living the life of their dreams. That they're and if they're not living the life of their dreams, they're at least making the effort to do so. But you you you've mm-hmm. absolutely done both. You're you're mm-hmm. not only you know trying you don't only try it, you did it and you're doing it. Uh, tell the people, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and how you got started as a as a playwright and as an author. Oh, I I got um started as a playwright. I've always been writing since I was a, uh, you know, since I was really young. I'm talking like third grade young. Wow. Um, but I I I wasn't a playwright until I went to college. Um, and the reason for that is because I was uh in the theater department as an actress. That's what I got my degree in. But there were not many opportunities uh, for what we call in the business colorblind casting. So there was not a lot of, like, non-traditional casting going on in the theater department, which meant that if the work was not uh, representative of a lot of diversity or if it didn't have characters that were non-white, that those people were not getting cast in the plays. And so I wasn't working enough. I didn't feel uh, to the amount that I wanted to be working as an actress. So I wrote a play out of an opportunity for myself and for the other girls in the department that I felt weren't getting a chance to really show what we could do uh, as actresses while we were working on our degree. So that's why I started writing a play. I I had this, like, idea that we were going to showcase ourselves, you know. Uh, And it just quickly turned into a lot more than I really could have ever imagined. And 
we got a lot of other students from not in the theater department involved in it, and it became massive, uh, and it was called The Blackness Blues, Time to Change the Tune, A Sister's Story. And it was my, I laugh at that title <laughs> now, but at the time that was like so serious, you know. Right. Uh, it, was, it was like my version of For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough by right. You know, and I, I say every black girl has a For Colored Girls play in her. But what the difference, you know, I started doing that and it just became massive. It became for any students who wanted to get involved uh, in terms technically uh, to be in the show, to be behind the scenes. It just and, and it got a different audience into the theater because, uh, you know, the rest of the diverse the Michigan community was not coming to see plays in the theater department. And so this sort of really opened up a whole, all of my peers coming to the theater. Uh, so that was really, that was how that started. And the following year, I felt so excited about that, that I uh, wanted to do another one. And this one was for the men, uh, for young black men that were at the school at the time. I wanted to put them in a show that was about them. And uh, this time I wanted to do it on on one of the bigger theaters on the campus, which was not even a University of Michigan theater. It was a, it wasn't a school theater. It was the city of Ann Arbor's theater. Right. And I wanted to kind of just do a little bit bigger. I had figured out, you know, that there was actually money to to get <laughs> there was money out <laughs> for students to actually get production. So I, you know, I sought the money this time. I learned my lesson from the first right. time and 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 did a bigger show that year at the Michigan Theater, which is a big theater in Ann Arbor. So that's how that started. Uh, that's that's where it all <laughs> began, I guess, if you want to put it like that. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, when I came to New York, it was different uh, because I, I was also a spoken word artist. You know, I got my degree in acting. So when I came to New York, my plans were to, to act, not necessarily to be a playwright. Uh, and so I came out here, and I, I was really coming off of uh, out of Detroit, being really active on the poetry scene. So I came out here, and the first thing I kind of jumped into, which really randomly in New York, I jumped into dancing. <laughs> I got cast on a dance show, and I did that. Oh, wow. And then I stuck around and stayed with the uh, got back on the the poetry scene and started doing a lot of uh, performing in Harlem. Uh, And started getting, like, some of my work in, like, Harlem Literary Magazines and doing that kind of thing. And uh, realized I wasn't acting or writing plays. And that's what I came out here to do, (laughs) uh, amongst so many other things. So since I've been out in New York, I've been in a lot of different kinds of artistic communities. And uh, because I'm so just interested in so many things. I had my feet wet in like a whole lot of things, but I wasn't doing anything full out because I was just doing so many different, you know, wherever somebody offered me an opportunity, that's where I jumped. And, uh, well, but it meant that I wasn't cultivating one particular anything. And that's one thing yeah. I wanted to ask you about, Dominique. Um, as a creative person, you have the capacity to be a dancer. You had the capacity to be an actress, a writer, an author, a playwright, a director. You have all these things inside of you. How do you, how did you how were you able to finally harness that energy and focus on one thing? Well, here's the thing. I think that it was okay that I was all over the place for a little while. I was young and or it doesn't even I was young in my craft. It doesn't mean I was young in age, although I was, but I was young in my craft. So, I could be 50 and still be young in my craft if I'm new right. to it. And I think that it's okay to figure yourself out and figure out what, all, you know, if you have so many artistic interests, to define yourself. And I feel like that's part of what I was doing out here was figuring out, you know, where I wanted to be. And the longer that I, I tried so many things, like the more, the longer I did poetry, the more I missed acting. So I kind of still miss poetry. I do it now, again, now and again, but it's not my main, uh, I'm not, necessarily trying to be a career poet i want to be a career writer you know which means a lot of things uh and i want to be a career playwright but it's taken me a while to to find that and i've found it by doing so many of these different things and and realizing what i miss the most where i 
you know, I looked up and I had been like teaching through the arts. I've been doing social justice theater through the arts. I've been doing, it's all been connected, but it just hasn't been focused. And when I realized, you know, sometimes it took where my peers were to realize, gosh, I should be there. Like I'm, I'm just that, I'm just as talented or I'm just as worthy, but I'm just not as focused as they are because I'm split in so many different directions. So I think I just, you know, I decided where where I wanted to be as a playwright and where I wanted to be as an actor meant that I needed to hone in on that and kind of zero in on that energy more than the other things that I was interested in. Right. Yeah. So what would you say to a young up-and-coming, um, I guess we would just, we would just say artist because it, it, it's all artistry. What would you say to a young up-and-coming artist who's, you know, has the desire to do all these things and – you know, they may be all over the place right now, but they're 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 not as young in their craft as they they once were. But they're still all over oh. the place. How do you how do you, what would you do to encourage them to you know you know get the ball moving so they can actually get, can start accomplishing some things? Well, I would just I think it takes a lot. I think it takes a lot of soul searching to find what it is that you feel the most compelled by for yourself. What what discipline, what genre is the one that you feel that you have the best chance at being successful at? Because there's a lot of things. I was interested in dance. Like I think dance is a beautiful art, but I'm never going to be the best dancer. That's just not what I'm the best at. Right. You know, I am, you know, I could be. I have the potential to be the best playwright. I have the potential to be the best actor. I don't have the potential to be the best dancer, but right. I love it. <laughs> And I'll do it for my own enjoyment, you know, but I don't, that's not where I want my career to go. So I think it's just about finding what, what are your interests, what, what, what will be a hobby, and then what will be, what is something that you can really harness and that you find that you're elevating and getting better at that you want to do permanently. And that brings you fulfillment. I get very excited when I'm writing plays. I know that right. I, I feel myself, I am not that playwright of, that that put her first play up at the University of Michigan, and when people reference that play, I laugh like, "Oh my God, please! I need you to read something like a lot more current." <laughs> you know, cause I'm, I'm I'm also even a little embarrassed. <laughs> like, oh, you don't think that, you know? I mean, that's not reflective of the writer that I am right now. I'm much, I've grown since then, right. and I I can see evidence of my growth. I can see the evidence, you know. So I think right. to 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 young people that younger artists who maybe aren't young in their craft, but or to anyone, really, I would say, you know, uh, get clear. And that takes some, you know, that's spiritual, that's 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 hit doing the wrong thing until you figure out the right thing. But it's, it's also get it's also just uh, being honest with yourself and being okay to know that you have limitations, that we're not going to all be amazing at everything, but find what you are amazing at. There are some things that you're, you are particularly amazing at, you know, and I would say, to find that and hone in on that and harness that and uh, get around peers that are doing what you want to do so that you can learn from them. Because I think that's one of the biggest things for me, this, this biggest lessons for me this past year as a playwright has been I'm hanging around friends of mine who are getting opportunities to have their work produced on Broadway, you know, which is the pinnacle of like theater, right. you know, right. whose work is, uh, being produced at a lot of the theaters that I want my work produced at. And I've honed in on my friendship with them and learned from them, listened to them and, and been guided by them. So I, I stay close to the people that are going in the direction that I want to go in because I'm, I'm a student of theirs. Even if we're the peers, if we're the same age, I'm still a student, you know, of this. And uh, I want to soak up as much as I possibly can. And it's a benef- it's a it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm not just there to suck them dry, but right, what right. am I offering to them as well? You know, as a friend, right. what what support, what resources do I have that I can offer them so that this is it's a balanced relationship, but that I'm also, you know, aligning myself with what I want in my life. Yeah. And you know, just hearing you say that, that's absolutely dynamic stuff because there are a lot of people who will see, okay, what can I get out of this, and never see what I can give back. But in you giving, I think it has opened up some doors for you that are unspeakable. Like you think, think you're probably walking in doors now as an artist that allows all the other gifts to be, you know, noticed because you were able to, to 
to not be so selfish and give of yourself as well. And I think that that's something that people need to hear as well, that giving opens the door to, to being able to receive. So you can't go uh, and try absolutely. to see what you can take all the time. you got to be willing to give back. So in absolutely. saying that, you know, and you also you hit on a, a major point that I talk about a lot, and um, I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Dr. Mike Murdoch, but he has a statement. Uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Murdoch is a, a teacher of wisdom. He he has a, mm-hmm. a quote that the way you learn is either through mistakes or mentors, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. said something really dynamic. Um, you talked about basically sometimes people fail their way to success. And making mistakes mm-hmm. and things like that, but have you had any mentors who are who may have you know you may have tuned into um, personally to to ask for guidance, ask for support, ask for help? Has there been anybody who's been a, you can quote say a mentor to you a, in your career? I've mean, got like a million. I believe in mentorship in a huge way. You know, my boss at my job is one of my mentors. Her name is Gwendolyn Hardwick. And as far as educational theater and social justice theater, she has been number one for helping me find what my important activist voice is in this world. And that's from working under her and listening to her. You know, uh, I write young adult fiction. You know, one of my mentors uh, is a fiction writer and Oprah Book Club writer named Brina Clark. You know, Mm -hmm. she... um, she has, you know, if, if anyone says, hey, so let me know what you're up to or, you know, if you have any questions, I am on them like rice. You know what I mean? Like right, right on rice. I, if you say, if you have any questions, I will be reaching out to you with my questions. And I, 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 re- I realize how important that is because a long time ago, you know, in college, I remember I met Sonia Sanchez, who was one of my favorite oh, wow. artists and activists and poets. And I met her in college. and <laughs> Me and some of my girlfriends met her. And we had dinner with her, and she, you know, offered for us to come and spend the night at her house and, you know, hang out with her. And we kind of like, oh, that's so cool. You know, we just kind of, ha, 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 that's so cool. And we never we never followed up on that. We didn't do a doggone thing. And I just think back to, like, how many times I've seen Sonia Sanchez since, and I have to kind of approach her as, hello, Dr. Sanchez. I'm, you know, I have to approach her as a new person because I had an opportunity to cultivate a relationship with her that I didn't take, I didn't take her up on. And wow. I, I talk to young people now every time, you know, if I say, hey, let me know what you're up to, it's your job to follow through with that. But if I open the door, you got to walk through it, you know. Right. And if you close it, that's your business. But you got to live with that, you know. So I have to live with the fact that, you know, I did not, I could have had a relationship with this poetic mentor of mine uh, or someone I wanted to be a poetic mentor that, you know, is now still very active, and I still I stay connected to what she's doing. I've met her several times, but I've I've lost the opportunity to have the kind of relationship that she offered, you know. Wow. So I I learn from that. I'm like, you know, hey, if you say, you know, Dominique, let me know what you're up to. Brina Clark said, I'll, I'll let me read your whole manuscript when you're done with it. As soon as I finish my manuscript, I send it to her, you know. And she's been very helpful with me ever since, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, and one of my playwriting mentors, and I have so many of them, uh, is my good friend Katori Hall, and she's a she's a playwright whose work is about to be done on Broadway. I worked with her as an actress, but she's also just a good friend. And when I have questions about the business that it, my career has not gotten to yet, or that her career has already kind of passed that point, I can reach to her and say, "Hey, girl, when you were dealing with this." What did you do? You know, I have actor mentors. I mean, I just have a like for everything that I do, I have a mentor. You know, poetry, I have a mentor. Fiction writing, I have a mentor. Acting, I have a mentor. Teaching, I have a mentor. I need a mentor for everything that I do because I have a bunch of questions out there. And when I'm freaking out, I need people that know what they're talking about (laughs) (laughs) to call and ask some questions too. You know, and nobody can fix my problems, but they can definitely give me their insight. And I think it's priceless, you know. Wow. Priceless. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, I, and they give I, you opportunities, you know. Right. They help to give you opportunities. I was just going to hit that, that that point right there. Like uh, one of my mentors, uh, you you may be familiar with uh, Mr. Greg Harden at the University of Michigan. Yeah. He's been one of my my speaking. Uh, he's been one of my speaking mm-hmm. mentors since since the days of being a student at Michigan. He's actually I actually would go with him to some of his seminars and just help him. And even yeah. today, I can, I can call on him for advice 
in in areas of my business as far as putting things in order with doing my my conferences and my seminars now and having that that connection you know at one point you know he was one of, he was the um I think he still is the, the uh athletic counselor I had more access yeah. to him than some of the football players did because he yeah. opened the door to me and I and I and just like you said I ran through that door I didn't I never looked back <laughs> <laughs> I never looked yeah, back at time you where <laughs> you know, you you, you got to do that. People, listen listen to what you're hearing here. You're hearing how to be successful in your craft, how to be successful as an artist. You, you're hearing, uh, you're hearing something from a dynamic person saying, "I made some mistakes. I did some things right." And as a whole, I'm here. I am today. I'm living the life of my dreams. It's not gonna always be perfect. It's not gonna. In fact, you don't even worry about it being perfect. Just just look forward to enjoying the ride, enjoying the process. But but you will get to that place. You will get to a place where you can can do even more because you never really arrive. You keep going and you keep coming. You keep coming to 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 you evolve to more and more what you're supposed to be. But Dominique, I, I'm so thankful that we have had you on the show tonight. Um, tell us about some of your upcoming projects. Well, thank you, Miles. Uh, <laughs> right now, um, I have a play that just recently uh, got a fellowship, got me a fellowship to the Public Theater in New York. Oh, wow. This is the premier theater in New York. That's big time uh, stuff. Yeah, it's really great. And uh, But the play is called Follow Me to Nelly's, and it's, uh, we just got through developing it this summer at uh, the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center, which is sort of like the, the one of the best places for playwrights to go to develop their work, you know. Okay. Uh, so be on the lookout for Follow Me, Canelli's, because I'm working on a production of that uh, upcoming. And uh, Detroit 67, I'm doing a three-play cycle on Detroit uh, that takes place in three different eras of Detroit. One is okay. going to take place in the 40s during the jazz heyday of Detroit, one is going to take place during the 1967 riots, and the final one is going to be about Detroit, contemporary Detroit, right now. Uh, yeah. And those are the projects that I have in the pipeline that I'm going to be having all kinds of readings and productions of coming up in the future. Uh, so, and I'm also I'm on Facebook, and I tell I, I take I take friendships unless people look crazy. I accept people's friendships <laughs> because I think that social networking is a huge thing, and it's yes. one of my favorite ways to to find out about things and to share information about me. So I'm Dominique Marie. So look me up at Facebook. You know, um, yeah, but that's what I have coming up in the pipeline, and okay. uh, and whatever else is going on. You know, I'm always. I have an online presence, uh, so whenever anybody Googles my name, I'm like the first person to come up with my name because right. <laughs> because I uh, <laughs> because of my name is so I guess uncommon in in the U.S. It's not uncommon uh, in French speaking countries, but it's uncommon okay. in the U.S. Um, and that's Dominique Mariso, and you can it's actually spelled incorrectly on the website, but it's uh, my last name has one R and two S's. But if you go oh, to the wow. website. Yeah, I know it's it's a common mistake, but it's M O R I S S. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's what's coming up with me, and yeah, and stay connected to me with you too, Miles. So I'd love to invite you to come see things. And uh, I want to be there. Whatever I'm, I have fact, going on, I don't want to be there. I'm going to be there. I, I'm 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 going to be there. You let let me know the date. And I'm going to already make the arrangements to be there because I I believe in you. I support what you do because you've always been. Uh, you've always been a dynamic person to me, and I've always wanted to see you succeed. So anything I can do to help you succeed, you know you can give me a call, and, and if, if I can do it, it's done. Thanks, man. The feeling is so mutual. I think this is a great show that you have going on, and I'm glad you're inspiring people. It's so good to see that you're continuing with this. You've been doing this for a minute, and I love it. And um, bring me back again. I love to chat. You, you are welcome you know, we back. We can talk all day. Yeah, you know, in fact, what I want to do, what I'm, going to, I'm offering this to you now, I want to do a show with you, and we just—I just want to do an expose on you because you have some. There's more dynamic things that you have inside of you that we weren't able to even touch tonight. So tonight's just like to get the audience's uh, palate wet. But we're gonna bring you back, and we're gonna do a, a whole one-hour expose on you, and we're just gonna ex- expose to the world how a dynamic person becomes and does what it is they're supposed to do. Oh, thanks, man. I would love to. I would love to come back. I can run my mouth all day, so you ain't saying nothing. An hour, what? 
I mean, and even give us. I know you. I know you still got the uh, the poet in you. I know we can give give, give oh, us yeah. poetry too. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Again, it's been an honor to have you on, and we will definitely we definitely look forward to your projects, and we definitely look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, hon. I hope you well, and take care to all of your listeners and stalk your dreams. That's what I say. Yes, ma'am. All right, hon. Bye. All right. Bye, bye. That was Dominique Morisot. Um, again, a dynamic young lady. There's so much more than meets the eye, like with her. And I, I'm looking forward to being able to do that expose, uh, which we're gonna we're gonna do that before the year before the year is out. We're gonna have a, a one hour expose with uh, Dominique Morisot uh, because I believe in what she's doing. She's she's absolutely dynamic young lady. I think that people need to hear um, what it is that she has inside of her, um, a person who has, you know, just basically written her own ticket to be what it is she wanted to be. So I think I love being able to to bring those types of people to you. But people, we got about three minutes left in the show. Uh, we were supposed to have another guest on, but he had a, he had a, a scheduling conflict, so we're going to have to reschedule uh, uh, Mr. Kendrick Hardaway. Um, but just know this. I am very thankful for this moment, and I don't take you for granted. Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't take you for granted. Listen to me very carefully. Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't take you for granted. If you did not support this show, I wouldn't be able to be here. If you didn't come out every week, I wouldn't be able to be here. If you didn't tell your friends about creating a championship standard of living with Miles W. Miller, I couldn't be here. So we're very thankful to have you. We're very thankful to have you as our listening audience. I love you. I pray for you. I don't take anything for granted with you. I know that you could be doing anything else right now, even if you're listening to this show live, even if you're listening to this show on a podcast, no matter how you're listening to me right now, if you can hear my voice right now, I am utterly thankful to have you as a listener of this show. And I thank you for supporting this movement. People, we got some dynamic things coming up. I'm going to be in Detroit, November 18th, Detroit, November 18th, to do the Manifest Destiny Conference. Again, Manifest Destiny Detroit, your time has come, your time is now. I'm coming to light my hometown on fire. And people, we're going to be down there, Wayne State, uh, November 18th. Details are coming out this week, starting Monday. The details for this conference are coming out on Monday. I want to see you there. Really, 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 really good time that we're going to have. We're going to have a dynamite time. I'm coming to light you on fire, and I'm bringing four other dynamite uh, speakers with me, um, which, again, information will be available starting Monday, and I'm just looking forward to it. This is going to be, this is our time, people. Your time has come. Your time is now. But, again, I look forward to being a, a resource of motivation and encouragement for you for years and years and years and years and years to come. Throughout the time that we spent over the course of last year, I'm utterly thankful. And this is what my prayer for you. I pray that God blesses you indeed, each and every one of you. I pray that God blesses you indeed, that his hand is continually upon you for good, not evil, to bring about desirable outcomes, that he continues to expand the territory of your mind and expand the borders of your life, and that the increase that he brings into your life doesn't cause you any grief or cause anybody else any harm. So on that note, I want to uh, give a special shout-out to and thanks to Dominique Morisot for uh, doing the show tonight. Also to uh, Kendrick Hardaway, who will be back at another time, at a later date. Uh, to Tiffany Patton, um, Your Dreams by Design. Uh, Nicole Angelo, Sharon Thomas, over at, uh, all over PR, and each and every one of you who have had anything to do with the success of this show. I also want to thank Bishop Wayne T. Jackson, Dr. Beverly Jackson, Pastor Janaldo Lee, Pastor Tiffany Lee, and... Each and every, again, each and every one of you, I, I thank each and every one of you for being here and continue to support this show. So on that note, this is my motto, my mantra, my mantra, my motto. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>